Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Oh, I feel good about that. Wow, we're going to have a good show. I feel like if you look at the numbers, and I know a lot of people track the numbers on this show, when I come out with a good yes, yes, 92% of the time the show is sick. Yeah, there is a correlation there. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about I'm excited about it, but I'm more excited about me. I was gonna say thank you. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan, and that is Action Jackson, and he is going to get you ready for Missouri Vanderbilt by doing a 22 minute preview. We got a 22 minute preview. Yeah, it's a monologue. Yeah, uh, so that's coming up. But Darren Pang is going to join us at 10:15, allegedly after the disaster on Wednesday. <clears throat> How confident are you in Panger's appearance today? 91 percent. 91 percent. Yeah. Audience, how confident are you? We have the new text number, 314-399-9646. 314-399-9646. I feel like if you do it in a sing-songy way, it's more memorable. Yeah. And then people then can put it in their phone and become part of the Air Comfort Service text line. No doubt. I I have, I read something the other day that people memorize in numbers in sequences of three. So mm. like having something for the, like the first six are easy, but it's that last one that messes people up with phone numbers. I always found that interesting. It's great information. That and your uh, Vanderbilt preview are going to be sick today. Wonderful news regarding uh, DeMar Hamlin. Yep. Have you seen this this yeah, morning? Yeah, I have. And it's Sean awesome. McDermott is on the NFL Network as you and I are, are sitting here doing the presentation. He was able to FaceTime with his teammates. The breathing tube is out, and uh, he is making incredible progress. How about that? Incredible. He's talking, the breathing tube's out, what we heard yesterday about the uh, neurological element of it. All great news. All really, really, I mean, best. given the circumstances, like some of the best news you could hear in this situation. So really, really awesome. And once again, just great to see the sports community in general band around and and come together to support DeMar Hamlin and his family. Do you take the the Bills this weekend because you're playing narrative games? Now, we've talked about this before with that Mississippi State-Illinois game, which was obviously that was a bad beat. Um, so you're going to put a butt in there. Put the butt in there. Go ahead. Put the butt in there. Do it. Do it. Do well, it. Well, I think that the, the Bills are just so good in general. That but the Patriots are playing for the yeah. playoffs. Yeah, they so it's are. So it's, it's, it's not just a... You know, like being clown, he was just sent home from practice today by the Browns because he said he wasn't going to come back next year. And they're like, oh, well, we enjoyed our time together. Yeah. We'll see you. Boy. Yeah. So, so this is a, this is always a very tough week. It's why fantasy leagues end yeah. in the second to last week exactly. because this is this is usually yeah. clown show week, no pun intended. It's usually the week where Chase Daniel would get himself a start. I always remember Chase Daniel true. would get a couple starts of, uh, you know for uh, the Week 18 or in the years past Week 17 game. But, yeah, that's exactly why, because teams aren't going to be into it, and that affects gambling big time. You it know? does. You don't know Mike White just announced not playing for the uh, Joe Flacco, and I had to take Mike White and the Jets and the pick six, so I'm already in trouble. <laughs> As did I. Uh, oh, you did? Oh, yeah. that's good news. Uh, let's see. 83% of the money, according to the Action Network, though, still on the Jets as we speak. Interesting. I thought people might be b- buying into the narrative, but 50% of the bets so far, according to the Action Network, are on the Bills minus seven. 48% of the dollars per the Action Network. Huh. That's interesting. I guess people just don't know. They can't get a feel. I saw 
Allen, Josh Allen say that, like, yeah, I'm ready to go for Sunday. Like they're fired up and wanted to play for DeMar. So I, I, I don't know if the narrative, I'm not trying to gamble based on narrative, but I think that the Bills would be a pretty decent bet. Uh, Tim, my uh, bet today is Panger will just ignore Lil Piddles on his next appearance on Balloon Party. That's from 314. Yeah, it could be. That could be a play. I love talking. To you got to be ninety-one percent joining us at ten fifteen. I got to be. You call this show honesty and media? Is what you call it? That's right. I just was telling Randy Carricker this. No secrets here, Jackson. No secrets. I got to be honest with the audience. When I tuned in on Tuesday night, I left uh, hanging out with some friends on Tuesday afternoon. Go home to watch the game against the Leafs, and it's kind of like, yeah, I guess at this point. It's better for the Blues to lose. We're thinking big picture. Right. And so I'll go home, and I'll want the Leafs to win. Being honest, you can attack me. It's fine. The number is 314-399-9646 because we're thinking big picture with O'Reilly out, with Tarasenko out, with Krug out. It already hasn't been great with him. Probably not going to improve without him. I bet some of you feel the same way. You're not going to share it. I understand that. That's no problem. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to be your Huckleberry. But here's the thing. Then I see him playing so well, sod going off, and I can't help but want them to get that extra point once it goes in OT and then to uh, the penalty shots. And then, then Jackson, mm-hmm. last night I'm watching him back and forth in the early going and then pulling away from the Devils, and I'm going, what in the hell? And not in, in, in Jeremy Rutherford will be the first one. He's mocked his tweet saying, you know, the Blues, if they're going to win, they're going to have to win like two to one. Right. Well, they've scored 10 goals. Yeah since this all started. And you've seen guys like Saad, Thomas, and Buchnevich step up. Last night, Bennington was incredible. Incredible. And so then, what you start to do, well, first off, now I'm just back on board. Total fraud. 100% fraud. I mean, absolute fraud. Um, but then in addition, then you go, well, maybe these guys who are going to get more ice time and also more responsibility are potentially going to be an improvement, which may sound counterintuitive, but you start to wonder about that. Yeah. So, hey, you know, it's one thing if you win two games against a couple of teams that are not doing a whole lot, but that's up in Toronto, and that's in New Jersey, and those are two of the the top teams in the Eastern Conference, which at the moment is playing better hockey than the Western Conference. Don't feel like it's been that way most of the time since the uh, the break from the uh, the old Campbell Conference and Prince of Wales Conference, and so now you got now you got this team right there, tied with the Avalanche, albeit the Avs with two games in hand, and uh, what uh, five points back, four points back of the Wild, and they're playing the Wild on Sunday afternoon. Got Labitant. Labitant's lost seven straight. Got that tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN pregame, 5 p.m. Blues at Montreal, and then the Wild to wrap up the road trip. I don't know. And, it, and here's the thing. It's kind of fun because, in a way, it's not kind of fun. It's 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 intriguing and entertaining because you're watching it, and it's like a gambler free-rolling. You're not necessarily expecting anything, especially right. when you're playing those two caliber of teams and with the injuries the Blues have, and yet you're getting those kinds of results. And anytime it's your team and you're watching the goalie do what Bennington did last night, that's super fun to watch. I, I, I think while we were living the first period of Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final— it might not have been what we would describe as relaxing, hmm. but when you look back on that now, knowing what wound up happening, what Jordan Bennington did in the first period of the Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final is one of the most ridiculous performances that I've seen a goalie make, whether it be a St. Louis Blue or not. Yeah. 
So last night the Blues were outshot, if not mistaken, 38 to 19, and Jordan Bennington was incredible. And here the Blues are playing some damn good hockey despite the injury news they received earlier in the week against really good teams on the road. Blues record on the road pretty damn substantially better. Yeah, it's crazy. Than uh, than at home. Yeah, it's a it's a team where you just can't figure them out. Streaks, good hot streaks, and then they go on where you're just like, wow, this team does not look like anything I saw last week. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but in January of 2019, the catalyst for the run was the play of Jordan Bennington. That is correct. Yeah. So hopefully, if he continues to play well, that could launch them into a different world where it gets a little more consistent. It's just when you lose Tarasenko, O'Reilly already were down without Krug. It's just it, it wasn't even thought to be possible because it's not like the team was great with them. But right. then you go, oh, well, maybe some guys are going to step up. I mean, Saad's been out of control. And Kairou's been damn good. It's just he's been playing pretty well as it is. Um, but Butchkevich, Robert Thomas, and, uh, and then last night, Jordan Bennington. So we'll talk that over with Darren Pang. That is coming up. And then after we talk it over with Darren Pang, it was a 91% confidence level, I'm told, yeah. by my sources. 91 uh, we have what I think everybody in town tunes in for, and that is the Lil Piddles six-shooter. A Friday tradition like no other? Is that what it's called? Yeah, is that what the sponsor wants us to say? Yeah. I believe it's sponsored by Sound Story. <laughs> and thank you. Uh, but uh, Got that passed by the board. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, it's everyone tunes in on Friday. They, they get close. They do. They, they start a fire. They all. Oh, I didn't know people started a fire. Some people take off work because they want to. They want to hear sure. the six shooter. They want to make sure they can hear the six shooter. I had no idea. Well, that's coming your way at about. I'll say ten thirty, but let's all be honest. We know it's going to be ten forty eight. Yep, and that'll be just right at the start of the third. Right. Uh, Darren Pang joins us next. This is Balloon Party One One ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred One ESPN. It's time to talk Blues hockey with Darren Payne. Holy jump and wow. what a save. Oh, my. Refreshed by Urban Chestnut Brewing Company and their Urban Underdog Lager. Prost. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for one hour of midday magic. And the magic becomes even more magical as Darren Pang joins. Good morning, Panger. Good morning, big guy. How are you doing, bud? I'm wonderful. How are you? Sorry about the uh, the Wednesday uh, episode there. I got, you know, I got I get caught with that uh, those meetings with TNT. They change them up. They say the coach is ready. He's not ready. Oh, the coach is ready. You got to go do it right now. So I apologize for that, buddy. I'm I'm big willing you on that, and I don't mean to do that. No, I had already along with the audience, management, ownership, all of St. Louis, and and many NHL fans around North America just blamed Jackson and moved on. So this is kind of ruining it for us. Yeah, just move on, move on. That's the key phrase there. Just keep moving on. It's all about progress. That's what this show is. It's all progress. Onward and upward, Panger. Nice. Nice, Jackson. There you go. So Jackson is fine. Nice of you to to join the show, buddy. You probably probably (laughs) chimed in on Wednesday with a bunch of holy jumpings and thanks for coming and giving me all nine of hearts, and then that was it. I was trying to. I was trying to do my best, but no one can replace you, Panger. 
The reality is he was watching the Bucks game when Giannis scored 51 points. That's the real. 55. That's the. Thank you. I apologize. See, it shows what I know. <laughs> Packer, what in the world's going on? I, I'll be honest, and I told the audience this in the first segment after the uh, the announcement on O'Reilly and Tarasenko, and considering how inconsistent things have been for the first couple of months, I'm going okay. I'm going to turn the page, and I'll just expect them to kind of fade. And then you go into Toronto, you have that caliber of game, that kind of performance, and then you go into New Jersey, and not only do you play with that team, but Jordan Bennington has that kind of performance. What in the world's going on? This is wonderful to see. Well, that's what happens in, in, the, in the world of sports. That's why it's a hard sport to gamble on. It really is. Because, you know, you the, well, the immediate response is exactly what you said. Okay. The captain's your best 200-foot player. He's gone. Who's going to take those key face-offs? Who's going to be on the PK? Who's going who's gonna to be the guy that leads the charge? And then you know, with with Vladdy, he's just a he's just kind of guy that's a flick of the wrist, and he can turn a game around uh, with that shot of his. And um, what happens, in my experience, is other guys get more minutes. They look at the board, and and they might be a guy that plays seven and a half minutes, and now they're looking like, hey, I I could get into that ten and a half to eleven minutes. And then you know, the guy that's ma- playing sixteen and a half minutes goes, man, I'm I'm the guy now that's going to play twenty. And and you know what for at least what I experienced is for the short term, you play better as a team because you, you're pulling up your pants, you're putting on the boots, and you're, quite frankly, doing everything possible to replace those guys to make sure that that uh, that you continue to play. And, you know, I, I don't know if this can go on for a long period of time. I, I, I have no idea. All I do know is there's probably going to be a little bit of a dip because you're asking guys that normally – play six minutes or seven minutes and you're asking them to play a little bit more and mm-hmm. maybe they can't or maybe you're wrong and maybe you've underestimated those players maybe maybe the Tyler Pitlicks and the Josh Levos and you know the Jake Neighbors and, and, and Torpchenko's you know what maybe they've been craving and begging for more because they deserve more and maybe they can do it so I don't know but I'll tell you this it's fun to watch this group battle together it's, it's fun to watch them come out of a win last night in New Jersey, get on the plane to Montreal, which they did last night after the game, and, and hear the spirit of the group. I think that every time there's a little adversity with these guys, they, they want to punch somebody in the nose. And that's what I, I, I love about them. And I think there's still a lot left in the tank for this group of players. And when you want to look at a leader, you look at like Braden Shen has picked it up not that he doesn't ever, like, you know, we know that Braden Shen, he pulls up his boots every time it's needed, whether it's fighting somebody or battling somebody or hitting somebody. And, and that line, I think, has been tremendous. And Brandon Saad, this is a different Brandon Saad. Yeah. This is a guy that says, okay, I got the ball, I want the ball, and let's go. And Ivan Barbashev last night might have played his best game. And and mark it down, New Jersey's a really good team. Like, you know they're not they're not last year's New Jersey Devils. They are a new breed of fast, quick, explosive, and 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 full of confidence and bravado. So that was a huge win last night. And Jordan Bennington, uh, your enthusiasm on the call, and then when you guys had a chance to talk with him following the game, uh, certainly appreciated what you saw from Jordan Bennington last night. The Blues uh, two times the number of shots came from the Devils than the Blues put on the net, and yet Jordan Bennington was able to play a key role along with. Barbashev and Saad, as you made reference to, in getting that win last night. What did you see from Jordan Bennington, Panger? Well, I saw a guy with eyes as large as saucers with uh, 
concentration level, like he could stop a pee through fog last night. That's what I saw. I saw, I saw a guy that was just like so dialed in. And, you know, like some of those shots that they took were, I mean, through traffic, um, the quickness of, of Jack Hughes is, is, is just incredible. Um, yes, for Brad, like look at the guys that they have up front that are just, they're ball hockey players, man. They're, they're, that's tough to stop. So I was really in, impressed with Jordan's ability to see the puck through traffic and, and find his edges and not get swimming in that net. And um, I don't know. He was, yeah, he was, man, he was dialed in for sure. It was, it, that was really good to watch. Hey, I said it at the end of the first period. I'm not sure if you stayed up and really watched the game, but I, at the end of the first period, I said, well, there's the first star of the game right there. <laughs> that's how good he was. He only faced 13 shots and 13 of them were, we're ten bell saves, so uh, I was uh, I was really pleased for him because he goes back to back wins in Toronto. Doesn't play great in Toronto, but makes the great saves in Toronto. Kind of like what Grant Fury used to do. Hey, don't don't worry about the score. Don't worry about my save percentage. I'm going to get the W and make the one big save of the game to make the difference. And that's what he did in Toronto. That's the thing, man. If you would have said on Monday or Tuesday before the puck dropped in Toronto that the Blues were going to pick up all four points, you would have been thrilled. But I can't imagine you would have ever thought the team would have scored a combined 10 goals in doing so, considering who was just lost to injury. And yet, that's what we've got so far uh, since O'Reilly and Tarasenko went out. Uh, that's just that. That to me is perhaps more startling than the fact that they were able to win both those games. Yeah, and, and you know. I, I think, you know, Doug Armstrong stepped out and we all know what he said and how he said it. And, you know, the, 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 the challenge to the, the best players like Saad and, and like Shen and like Pareko and like Biddington. And, you know, that some, some general managers might be a little bit more meek and mild in that situation. Oh boy, you know, we lost our players. So, you know, whatever happens, happens. If we don't do very well, I'll, I'll cash in the chips at the deadline and we'll, we'll move this thing along. But, you know, I think Army, Army went, you know, went down and, and, he, and he, he challenged him again. And I, I think that's good. I, I think what he said was good. I, I, I always have these, I don't have a whole bunch of sayings, but I, I think, you know, winners win and, and meetings are for losers. It's a, it's a saying I like to have. Like, if you're going to have meetings all the time, you're probably a losing, in a losing environment. Yeah. Just, just go win and you don't have any meetings, you know. And then I think for Army, he's like, hey, no excuses. We lost some players. Okay, let's go let's pick it up a notch. And there's another level left in a lot of these players and they know that and they, they perform that way. But you know, the other thing is, and, and I'm not sure how it all works with the all-star selection, but you know, Vladdy hasn't been the best player on the blues. I think everybody would agree with that. I mean, you know, you could have picked Jordan Bennington to be an all-star and some people around the NHL would have said Bennington his goals against average is 3.10 and his save percentage is not even 90. But the people that watched him every single day, including Vladdy, I'm sure would say, "Well, he's been our best player." Yeah, you know, if that's what if that's what your all star should be or your MVP should be, the best player on your team, the guy that gives you the chance to win every night, it, it would probably be Bennington. And uh, and so uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's where we're at right now. So yeah. Vladdy gets chosen for the all star game. There's several players on the team that likely thought that they had a chance of of, of being there. And I don't know what's going to happen with the injury to Vladdy, but uh, or whether he goes or not. But um, that's where we're at right now. And I think these these players here are are uh, they they feel challenged in every aspect 
of the game, and I feel that they want to rise to the occasion and prove everybody wrong. Hey, Panger, I'm curious on this. Uh, there's great news out of uh, Cincinnati where DeMar Hamlin uh, has had the breathing tube yeah. removed and he's been able to talk with his uh, teammates this morning, which is just incredible. And I know you've gotten, uh, you know, uh, been around when, when there have been incredibly scary incidents on the ice in St. Louis. We saw Chris Pronger in 1998 and Jay Bomeister, of course, in, in February of 2020 uh, in Anaheim. Uh, and Chris Kerber was on with us the morning after that had occurred and talked about having some kind of, uh, you know, like almost PTSD from what he saw in Anaheim with, with Jay Bomeister. And I'm curious, you as a broadcaster and being around the league and playing in the league, what your reaction was when you saw that and if it, if it triggered any uh, memories or in, in any way like a trauma for you when you, when you saw what happened in uh, Cincinnati with the Bills and Bengals on Monday night. Well, I got I got chills when you just said that about t- being taken off the breathing tube. Um, yes, um, immediately, um, I thought of Jay. Um, you know, I I don't make it about you know our experience. I make it about Jay being okay and and Jay being you know at the end of the day the hero and the one that uh, that wins the battle. I mean, he's the one that uh, that that's living um, every day and living a, a normal life. Mm-hmm. From you know being a broadcaster, I I, I sent uh, Joe uh, Joe Buck a note saying you know how you handled that was uh, was really really well being kind of a first time experience. Yeah, I couldn't agree so, with uh, you more, man. That's that's an unprecedented you know, spot and a tough spot to be in, isn't it? It is. It is. It's easy to and it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to try to play doctor. It's easy to say something that's wrong. And, you know, at Valley sports and, and prior to that at, uh, at Fox sports and in my previous uh, years with other networks, um, they would bring us in and put us through situations. Here's what happened when Chris Pronger went down. And that was Ray Barilli, uh, who's been part of two now, Ray Barilli, part of Chris Pronger and, 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 uh, and Jay Bolmeister and his staff. Um, and, you know, so I so they put us through that. They put us through Yuri Fisher in Detroit, uh, Rich Peverly on the ice, and they explained to us and our producers, which is Tim Paps and, and Phil Molica, uh, where we're at, what we do, how we handle things, and you know, there's a certain amount of talking through. And I can just say that during that time with Jay Bolmeister, I'm an incredibly emotional guy. I I totally wear it on my sleeve. I saw it. I thought he was dead. <laughs> wow. So it was tough. Yeah. Wow. And it was tough watching. Yeah, it was tough watching for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That, that that's the that's the sense I got that was unspoken by the way Joe handled that. Yeah. Is it's like he's like there's yeah. nothing to say. He and Troy Aikman and Lisa Salters and Susie Colbert and Booker McFarlane and and uh, Adam Schefter. I mean, what a spot. You know, if if you're in that spot, what a spot you're in. But then also to handle it the way that they handled it, all while witnessing what they witnessed. I feel like that kind of flies under the radar, and understandably as it should. But when you're a broadcaster, you know how to fill. But you have to fill responsibly without, as you just said, Panger, playing doctor or saying something yeah. that could be taken the wrong way. Well, and, and don't forget with Jay, like it was the dad's trip too, you know. Yeah, the, that's uh, right, that's right. Per- you know, brought that up. Yep. You know, we had a shot of we had a shot of the dads, and especially Jay's dad uh, hustling out of the suite and and uh, going downstairs to the hallway, and then I moved from between the benches, where I remember distinctly, Brian Hayward's the analyst for Anaheim. He was to my right. I'm to the left, so I'm obviously closest to the to the Blues bench, and. 
and I, we kind of were talk like we're talking uh, with our cough button on, like we, we can't say we can't say everything here, you know. And mm. you know, we saw that the the defib was on. We saw the pumping of the chest, and Ryan Getzlaff, uh at that time the captain of the of the de- of the uh, Ducks was was right between, like not between our bench, but looking over and, and trying to get more information. He knows Jay. He played on Olympic teams with Jay, World Championship teams, and. You know, just looking at the eyes of the players was the the one thing that I could write a book on. Looking at the eyes of of Vince Dunn, who was the first one, and he was beside him yelling at, at Ray Barilli on the bench. Um, Alex Petrangelo didn't look at the bench immediately. I'm I'm always fascinated by Alex Petrangelo. Looked once, looked twice, and skated so hard to the um, Zamboni entrance, where that is where the you know that is where the gurneys are. That is where the um, the extra medical staff is, and he sprinted there. He was the only guy that went there. Everybody else was just kind of stunned and in awe and yelling at the trainers, and yet he went there. So why did he go there? How fast was that moment for him to go to the Zamboni entrance to get a gurney out there to get, you know, and then the doctor? So the jeepers, I, I, I and I don't say this in jest. I say this in in total one hundred percent authenticity. If I'm going to have a heart problem, I, will, I, I want it to happen between the benches because I'll have the best of the best right there yeah. uh, with the defib, uh, you know, 15 yards away. And, uh, and and hopefully they're very athletic. They can hop over the porch and come get me. <laughs> but, you know, jeepers. Uh, <laughs> oh, They've done a great job the NHL has. Uh, Dr. Colucci's in, in Detroit. He's, a, he's kind of the head of it all. He was the one with Yuri Fisher. Uh, he was the one that uh, stood up in front of Gary Bettman along with the other trainers and said, we need our doctors, you know, five rows up from the bench, not in row 358 where they'll never get to us. Yeah. Um, I know it's going to cost you $7,000 a, a season on on tickets, but it doesn't matter if we're going to do this right. So we need the defense right here. We need, you know, and I mean, they've done it very, very well in the NHL. Like I only speak for the NHL. The NFL is such a, a it's a big field. It's a big area. Um, just thank God that he's okay. Thank God. Outstanding sentiment and uh, and stories from that night in Anaheim. Panger, always enjoy the conversation and uh, have a wonderful weekend, sir. Thanks so much for the time. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I do appreciate it, and Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year, Year, man. There he is, the great Darren Pang with us here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you to the top of the hour. And what you, uh, Jackson, have prepared for us is a smorgasbord with the Little Piddle Six Shooter. Pew, pew. It's coming your way next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan, and we have what uh, I think you all have been waiting for, really, because it's the first one in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. A little piddle six-shooter here on Balloon Party. Uh, this is... This is it. You know, this is it. This is what you you clock in early for. This is what you leave late for. I turn on the lights in the building. I turn off the lights in the building. I do that extra set. I run those extra sprints. I want to be ready for the Little Piddles six-shooter. This is my time, but I'm dedicating it to all of you, the people who don't have near the ability that I have. Did that, did that come off the wrong way? I came off honest. Thank you. It came off humble. Thank you. 
and I think most of all, it came out great. And that's just, that's Tim McKernan in a nutshell right for you. Nice. Can we run that as a promo? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Lil Piddles Six Shooter. Pew, pew. Uh, so usually in the Six Shooter, I get a little micro, but today I'm going to go macro. Oh, wow. At least for the first what time. What an adjustment. This is like Rocky Balboa in Rocky Two, mm. in which all of a sudden, Apollo Creed didn't know that he was switching it up. Righty, lefty, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah. What a, what a, what a tribute to Burgess Meredith. <laughs> He's also played the Penguin in uh, Batman. Yeah, grumpy old men passed away on a bench. Spoiler alert. In your opinion, who has been the most valuable member of the Blues organization over the last 10 years? Doug Armstrong. Exposition. All right, Doug Armstrong is the answer. Wow. I guess maybe I wasn't the, the one who we had to worry about preparation for. <laughs> I was... <laughs> That took you, me, I mean, I gave you an answer, and you looked at me like I like I named a member of the St. Louis Rams secondary in 2002. I was hoping for something. He is the jet for the record. He's the general manager of the yep. organization. Thank in case you. you're you. focused on the Warriors game, and Tom Stillman owns the team. That wonderful. If we'd like to do a flow chart, yeah, I'm like I'm human Wikipedia over here. Uh, all right. Well, why were you so alarmed by that? Well, I, was, I thought there would be a little more. It reminded me. It took me right back to when I asked, what uh, condiment would you least want to be poured on? And you said mayonnaise, and I had nothing after that. I had absolutely nothing, which was basically a year ago. So uh, breaking right back. All right, same question as above, only for the Cardinals. Now, beware if I gave you if I give you a name, I'm done. Okay, gotcha. Um, I'm going to go with Yachty or Molina. Wow, okay. That's a, I, that's a good call. I was going to say Adam Wainwright. Just as like an ambassador of the team on top of his great play. But I think Yachty is, they're one and one A in my opinion. Yeah, I just think from what he brings to the table for nearly every start for the last decade. Yeah. In managing that pitching staff, a leadership element. And not to say that Wainwright right. is not or was not, but uh, I'm just saying, you know, he's essentially doing it five times as many times as Wainwright is. Yeah. Yeah. Total- and I'm, a, I'm a huge Adam Wainwright fan, but if you're. Giving me value, I'll take Yadier Molina over the last decade. I think that's a great answer. I think they're both very, very valid answers. I think more so than like, you know, we we said players for the Cardinals and and management for the Blues, and I think that's the discrepancy right there. And I I find that interesting. Uh, next up, third bullet. Okay. Do you think Travis Ford will remain the head coach of SLU after this season? <sighs> oh, I'm in the tank. I'm in the tank. Ah, I really it's such a coin flip, but but on the six shooter you can't say I don't know. I know I know that about the rules of the six shooter. That's true. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I'm in agreement. I mean he's year seven at this point. He's he's had good teams pretty much every single year now. They've had disappointing losses. They haven't had that one really big win yet. Um, disappointing would be an understatement. Right. They've had some in, in some of these losses. Yeah, double digit leads that end up you lose and that that hurts but i just i don't think it's a coaching issue i know it's tough to point to exactly what the issue is i just don't think it's coaching so i do believe that he will remain the head coach of the billikens after this season all right fourth bullet several coaches and conference presidents have floated the idea of expanding the cfp to 16 teams would you prefer 16 12 or the current four team system i can't get enough of college football so again second time in the show i'll acknowledge i'm a complete fraud <laughs> hypocrite. I question my own character. I wonder why my wife is married to me. I'm surprised my children still call me dad. <laughs> so I want to address all of those on the front end before I answer this this incredibly important question. And the sixth shooter, 
So I want a regular season to have value, which is one of the reasons why I love college football as opposed to so many of the professional sports where now so many teams get into the playoffs and a great regular season can be rewarded with playing a game or two and then you're gone. Um, I think something that has been lost over the last 20 years is the significance of going to a bowl. Now you have college coaches who either are fighting for their jobs or undeserved contract extensions, promoting or celebrating like Jim Valvano in 1983 when they go to a bowl, even though 80 other teams are going to be joining them, as if it's some big accomplishment. I would like it if the bowl system were then led to a playoff system and the bowls were the playoff games. And so that is what became... Of I don't know how many games you'd have at that point if you had 16 teams. Right. If you have 16 teams in though, the regular season's value is is diminished. Big time. Yeah. Um, I mean, if this were a decade ago, you would have had Georgia and Michigan, and that would have been your national championship because you had one undefeated team from the Big Ten, one undefeated team from the SEC, and people. But I can't wait to see this showdown. That's not the way that things play it out. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's how the system changed. So with that all established. I like that winning your conference has incredible value with what they're doing now. But at the same time, you're still going to have however many teams that wound up not winning their conference in the college football playoff with 12. Um, So from from an entertainment standpoint solely, 16. The more the merrier. It increases the chances I get to see Missouri in the college football playoff once every so often. I believe that's 15 games. I believe that'd be 15. I I believe you always take the teams and then subtract a game. Yeah. And that's how you arrive at the number. But um, as far as the integrity, so to speak, of the regular season, I like the 12. Um, and I'm sure they're going, well, the more games we have, the more revenue that we have. So I could see it winding up at 16. It's not that big of a leap to go from 12 to 16. Right. That's why it was confusing to me that they didn't go eight first because expansion is important. They've always expanded. We've seen the NFL expand their season. We've seen college basketball expand the pool. Going from four to 12 seems like that was a bull thing. You think? That was that group of bulls. That's what my guess would be. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that's a good point. To, uh, satisfy everybody outside of the always angry Rose Bowl people. Yeah, I think eight's the perfect number right now, but that's not, you know, on the table. I didn't watch a second of the Rose Bowl, by the way. I didn't either, no. I, I'm Outside of the... I was so distraught from the Illinois not covering three and a half <laughs> and then the other two legs of my parlay hitting that I think I just turned into Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas. Good. Uh, I would say, like, I don't personally watch any bowl games outside of the CF. If Mizzou's in the bowl, I'll watch that. But bowl games. Oh, I know. I'm still talking about the Gasparilla Bowl. Bowl games, like, I just, it doesn't have that same kind of juice. And I don't bet on them because I think it's really difficult. Because then it's an accomplishment. If you, if you, if you went to a bowl and that bowl meant you went to the the playoff. Right. Well, then that matters. Big time. But scheduling three ham and egg operations who you pay to get three wins and then you play Vanderbilt. And then you win two other games, and then you then you celebrate like it's an accomplishment. That's just not that's not a great season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And then and that's the thing with the college basketball tournaments. Sure, sixty eight teams get in, but if you get in, you have a chance, relatively low chance, but the chance nonetheless to win the whole thing. If there was you know eighty teams that had a chance to go win the college football playoff, then a bowl game would mean more. But it just doesn't. Well, you moment. know, you talk about George Basin, you talk about Butler. You talk about uh, what was the team from last year? St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's big for those schools. Whereas in college football, the bowl game, like the whole nation. What was the name of that guy with the peach fuzz mustache? On St. Peter's, 
I can't. I cannot. I wish I could. Nice trivia question. Everybody's talking about him for that week. I know. I'll, I'll get it in the next break. Uh, that's that's the fourth bullet. Here comes the fifth. Okay. We discussed on TMA seeing Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle for a hefty ticket price. Well, there's one sporting event you can pick the teams that you would pay an exorbitant amount of money to see in person. You know my answer. So I it's think almost I like it's almost like you got to take that out. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, and then go with a plan. But my answer for the record is Mizzou football and the national. Oh no! Wow! Oh, Look the Masters. This. The Masters. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking you could pick the teams. So. Oh, were, okay. So we were taking that out. So like if Mizzou, the teams. Yeah, yeah, Missouri and the yeah. Then my answer then would be Missouri in the football national championship. Right. But because of television and, and what I was lucky enough to do early on in my life, I, I got, got to a point where I'm kind of like, I don't really want to necessarily be at games unless it's going to be a ridiculous once-in-a-lifetime kind of atmosphere. So I overpaid for Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final um, in 2019. And um, and 2007, Missouri-Kansas at Arrowhead yeah. Stadium. Yeah. And, I'd, and, I'd, and I'd do it again. I, one of them, I, as a Missouri fan, won on. One of them, as a Blues fan, I lost on. But Jackson, we, as you know, we never are focused on the results. Mm-mm. We're focused on the process. Always. And you always tweet, trust the process. Yep, me and Joel. Yep. Uh, for me, it's uh, obviously the Final Four if Missouri got in. But the Masters, I mean, that would be... Where is the Final Four? Where are you going this year to watch the Tigers take on... Who are they taking on? Houston in the, uh, in the oh, first semifinal? I don't know. Calvin Sampson again? I don't know exactly it's where like it is. I'll have to get this and the St. Peter's guy at the same time. But uh, seeing Mizzou in the Final Four. But I think the Masters is another great... I mean, that would be so cool just to be there there and like say you did because it's not necessarily easy to get tickets you have to be in the lottery and it's uh, kind of a luck of the draw thing so that would be once in a lifetime it feels like as well uh the final four this year in 2023 is in you want to take a guess um la it is in houston texas yeah. so and not not a great location but i'll just be there it's a business trip for me Nice. All right, and the final the final bullet. It's okay. always the final bullet, but it's important. What's your favorite bet this weekend? My honest answer is I really don't have one. This is <laughs> yeah. this is the price you pay for the six shooter if you if, <laughs> if there's something specific. Uh, because p- betting on the NFL this weekend is it's, you're taking your life in your hands. It kind of feels like right. I mean Georgia money line, but yeah. I mean that's laying like four hundred to win a hundred, <laughs> yeah. so it's not like a great. Bet, but yeah. as far as operating from a position of confidence, that would be it. I don't know if I would lay the. I think it's down to twelve or twelve and a half. Yeah, I uh, took if I had to, I would lay the, the points. I but, took that TCU money line in uh, pick six. And what does it pay you? Like plus three hundred? Plus, plus three thirty? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like that value for a team, but they're you know two touchdown underdogs. I just I don't know. I don't know. It's can they do it? Yes. Like they've and Georgia's gotten off to bad starts before. They got off to a bad start in Ohio State. Got off to a bad start against Missouri. But if they get off to a good start, I don't think there's a way TCU can stay in the game. You know that defense is tough, and then when you get their offense going, they're as good as anybody. Clearly. Yeah. This weekend it's random with football, and then you have one college football game, so it's it's tough. Yeah, it's a tough call. Uh, Browns plus two and a half, even though Sans Javian Clowney. Uh, I like that play. Titans plus six and a half. Well, you're just kind of you're just kind of spitting out plays. Jackson just, Jackson bets the AFC here on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Brought to you by Sound Story. <laughs> Brought to you again by Sound Story. That's a six shooter, folks. Ladies pew, and gentlemen, the Little Piddle six shooter is in the books. Wow, what a moment! Yeah, I, people, if you took off work today. Well done. Yeah, you were handsomely rewarded. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are welcome to give your answers to the Six Shooter 314-399-9646. It's the Air Comfort Service text line. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We are-
right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jackson, you want to read text for the final couple minutes? I always like reading text. Yep, 636. You guys should win an award yes. for the worst show on radio. No. Boy, that, they, they really, that was a Trojan horse. I got real excited there. And then they just they came in, came through the gates and busted us open. And yet I've been doing this since 2002, and there was a without question <laughs> I knew what was coming. Yeah, not many positive texts. Uh, let's see. I think I won some tickets a few weeks ago. How do you go about getting them? Are they automatically mailed? Or do you have to pick them up, Jackson? I think that was directed to you. Uh, that's actually that's a Matt Rocchio question. Matt Rocchio. Well, Rocchio gets blamed for everything. Yeah, got blamed yeah. for everything on TMA this morning. Gets yeah. blamed for everything on Balloon Party too. Anything <laughs> I'm affiliated with. I'm not going to let a St. Gabriel's guy take heat. Well, well there's we'll smoke. Guy, it's fine. Well, there's smoke, there's fire. Wow. Uh, everything I own in the Bills money line this weekend because there's no way they're losing that game. That's from the 618. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the thought process behind it, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. But I I mean, hey, might as well. I'd assume that they're that's going to have to lay down some serious cash to make money on that. Oh, probably like 250, I'd guess, with a seven-point number. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, of course, Piddles decides to go to the Final Four and the Masters, making it rain $100 bills all the way there. That's from the 618. Well, what would you have picked, huh? The, uh, 618 Jackson wants you to text him. Like a, uh, give out your number and let this gentleman text you. Sure. Or what lady. Does, what does Doug say? 555. Five, five, five. That's right. Yeah, something like that. No, uh, what, what would you pick, man? Like a, a Mariners regular season game? Did you you talking to me or you talking to this guy who's sharpshooting you? Uh, that guy, the okay. sharpshooter. Because I gave my answer. You did. You did. Uh, it's 1048. You're still on the six-shooter. You nailed it. Yep. Although, I think we were on question four at 1048, so I was ahead of schedule. <laughs> the fourth bullet. I just can't do it. Yeah. I, can't do, I can't do it. You're not used to it. And even if we had a four-hour show, it's not like, oh, all of a sudden, then I would manage no, the clock no. right. I actually think it might be worse, because you're like, well, we got time. Oh, and then we just fall. By the time we're like in the final hour of the four-hour show, it'd be like we'd have four... Three minute segments, if yeah. that. Yeah, but they'd all be fantastic. No, you're exactly right. Thank you. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Trinkwitz is legit and comes off as a genius. That's from Merle in Oakville. Well, that's your your friend Merle. Yeah, I like Merle, but I don't necessarily I don't disagree or agree with his take. Uh, Tim, I would say Tom Stillman has been the most valuable member of the organization, a perfect owner, and that he spends to the cap and beyond, such as seeing agreeing to pay O'Reilly that bonus Buffalo was trying to avoid, yet he doesn't meddle in team decisions and lets the hockey minds do their job. That's, that's a nice play. That's a nice text. Yeah, agree. I mean, I think that's a... I think there's a lot of value in the latter part. Certainly, it's enjoyable to have an owner spend to the cap, but you can find a lot of owners who do that. But letting the hockey people do their jobs. Assuming that that's the case, I, I, I get the sense that that's the case. So I, 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 like, uh, I like that. You hire people to let them do their jobs. That's a huge value. I think a lot of people would tell you, I'll take less money if I know I'm going to be able to do my job and not have somebody who doesn't necessarily know what they're talking about tell me how to do my job. You know, so yeah. I, I like that text. That's, I agree. Uh, that's well played. And we have a few votes for Tom Stillman. This is in regards to the six shooter and the question on most valuable member of the Blues organization over the last 10 years and then most valuable member of the Cardinal organization over the last 10 years. Uh, how do we get a response with the new tech system? That's from the 618. Jackson, that's something I know you've been working on. Again, I think that's Matt Rocchio's department, but I will answer it. Uh, there is none, but you can just trust that, we, that your text is coming in. I got the name of that St. Peter's guy, by the way. Doug Eddard. 
Oh, yeah. Doug Eddard. That's right. With the mustache. Oh, and I, that's, I, I saw somebody text in the name Doug Eddard, and I go, who's this guy who's texting in his name? <laughs> yeah. 636, I apologize. You were on top of it. Uh, let's see. What's up, fellas? I just quit my job this morning, but I will make sure I keep listening to you every day. I love you guys. Oh, wow. That's, that's so the nice. I'm, I, I, I quit his job. So that's different than I getting hope, whacked. I hope the so future I, is good. I would imagine that's a good feeling. Yeah. Hope the future is good for you, sir. Uh, he probably was listening to the Pick 6 podcast and has been tailing me and, and yeah. has been sort of like 60, per, 60 percent against the numbers when yeah. I am. Yeah. I'm coming for your heels, though, Tim. But you're picking the same games as me. It's Some. a really odd strategy. Some. Right. Some. I got to start playing more NBA play. That's the key. Uh, I think it's time for us to shut it down. Yep, sure is, Tim. BK and Ferrari are coming up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.